campers. Have no fear, happy campers is here. It's a summer camp themed podcast where we reminisce about the stuff that we missed, about the best summers we ever had. And there will be reflection and lots of introspection and a great selection of guests that will stop by. So grab a glass of bug juice, relax, and say hi to both your hosts. We're Julie and Sammy, your podcast family. We're going to start the show. Hey, happy campers. How's it going? We've been off the air for a few weeks, but we're back. We're so excited to be back. So happy Getting excited to be back. Getting camp vibes going. Um, okay, so this week we are talking to, okay, I call them staff brats, but really they are <laughs> children of directors of camps. <laughs> we have two here from two different camps. We have Grace, our most prolific liker on Instagram, and Bobby who doesn't follow us on social doesn't media follow yet, us on social yet. Media yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> to talk to us about what it was like to grow up at camp. And now they're both kind of going to take over their respective camps eventually. And that's like the coolest thing ever. Bobby Maybe is. Maybe just one of them. Not. Okay. It's fine. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. I have to say I've never heard the term staff brat, but... You never have? I really like it. Maybe people called me that behind my back, but no one's ever said it to my face. Can you explain to our I other listeners what, what you think it means? So pretty much like spoiled, like king or queen of the camp, gets away with everything, but it's treated like a staff member, but is six years old... That kind of stuff. I think that I mean it more of that you are the child, like a like an army brat, like you're the child of a staff member. Okay, so it's not no, horrible. I don't okay. think it's a bad nice. thing. I just, I mean it in the, yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. In a loving way. Yeah, okay. so tell us your guys' deal. Bobby, do you want to start and introduce yourself and a little, yeah, sure. why did you end up on a podcast about camp? Well, um, I have no idea why I'm here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bobby Lerman, Camp Caribou. Uh, our camp is up in central Maine and Winslow, Maine, near Colby College, if, uh, if you've heard of that. Um, why did I end up here? The Camp Caribou was actually bought by my grandparents in 1968, um, and it's been in our family ever since. So basically, this will be my 31st summer coming up at Camp Caribou every summer of my life. Um, loved it so much, it kept calling me back. I've never missed a summer. Um, was I a staff brat? I think I kept a low enough profile to not be considered a brat. The word brat, I feel like, contains certain baggage. I know. Now I feel bad that I used it. Don't worry about it because my brother may or may not have been a staff brat. So, yeah. Passion and um, so you live in New York now, and you spend your summers up at camp. And has camp continued to be the full-time job, or how have you brought camp into your adult life? Um, so yeah, I live in Williamsburg in Brooklyn now. I'm from uh, west of Boston, Whalen, Mass. Um, right out of college, my parents thought uh, had all of us kids, uh, staff brats, um, <laughs> do um, some some years off of camp full time to get some perspective. So I um, worked for an educational abroad company. I lived in Los Angeles two years. A camp called me back. Honestly, it was something that that I could not um, give up, and I loved it. And, and I joined full time. And I've been on full time for five years now, and it's uh, it's it's uh, it's my well being at this point. So I like that. Cool. Did your other siblings join as well? My older sister Lori is full time. My younger brother is still seasonal, but actually now he works in the industry. He works for a sta- uh, camp staffing agency called Camp Leaders. Cool. So basically, they provide staff to camps, which you've probably heard of those agencies. Um, so he's in the world. He's in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Two out of three kids are full time right now. Uh, Grace, give us your deal. So I ended up at Winnebago, um, which is an all boys camp, if you don't know. Also in Maine, right outside of Augusta in Fayette on the beautiful Echo Lake, which also shares a lake with Vega and Camp Laurel. So big camping area. Um, I ended up there because my dad started at camp at eight years old. Um, and pretty much never left, went back as a counselor immediately. Actually met my mom on staff. She came to be a counselor. <laughs> oh my when God, I love that. She was 18. Um, she was arts and crafts. He was boating canoeing, oh. summer romance. Um, they quickly got married, quickly had two kids, quickly got divorced, say la vie. <laughs> um, but so I spent, you know, my parents were married at camp. I literally spent 
from age of one to, I think my last summer I was 27 and I'm 30 now. So pretty recently I did still visit every year, but my dad for most of my life was not the owner, but the director, the owner's family are the Lilienthal's who have owned it. The camp was founded in 1919 and the Lilienthal's have owned it, I think since the thirties or so. Um, but my dad started off as a, you know, lowly staff member and then pretty much never left and worked his, worked his way up to be a director. Um, I do think I was kind of a staff brat <laughs> that I think about it. And I mean, Bobby, I don't know if you got that impression from your sister, but it was definitely being the only girl in this entire male universe made it pretty easy to act like a camp princess most of the time. <laughs> and, uh, but I loved it and it was so special being there. And I ended up going to my own camp when um, I was older because it became less and less appropriate for me to hang around the boys all day. Um, so I went to Pinecliff, which was incredible. And I was there and, you know, those are my summer sisters, but I ended up going back to be a counselor at Winnebago when I could. So I kind of have this dual camp relationship where I'm a Pine Cliffer, but Winnebago is in my blood. And I'm still really close to a lot of Winnebagans, even though I don't get up there all summer, every summer. A lot of Walden brothers go to both of your camps, actually. But there's a lot, there's a big Walden-Winnebago <clears throat> connection there. There is. My grandmother went to Walden. And when looking at camps, the requirements were that it was a short enough drive so my parents could come on visiting day. Um, and Walden was just a little too yeah, far. Like so far I looked at Fernwood, Pinecliff, Tapawingo, and maybe something else. But I, I did have my heart set on Walden for a while because of the Winnebago-Walden connection. But I loved Pinecliff. Um, there's actually a group of guys, like men, that all went to Winnebago together. And then they all had daughters and they all sent them to Walden together. That is so sweet. I know. I love that. that yeah, they they wanted great. a camp that was like as close to Winnebago as possible for girls, and they picked Walden. Not close geographically. No, no, no. <laughs> like heart-wise. Heart yeah, heart-wise. Heart yeah. Okay, so do you guys think that when you were... Also, I feel so like inferior in my camp blood. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, I just need runs. to say, like, do you guys want to like co-host the a podcast about camps together? <laughs> you seem much more qualified <laughs> than us. Uh... So when you guys grew up at camp, do you think that you were like treated differently? I guess maybe this is more a question for Bobby because he was a camper at the camp that his parents owned. Yeah, um, honestly, so so this is something that I've thought about a lot because I I intentionally kept a very low profile when I was growing up at camp, especially when I entered a bunk at about seven years old. I just wanted to be a normal camper and... For that reason, I never told anyone that I was the director's kid, ever. And there were actually kids that found out at like 13 years old. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> You're the director's kid? But there are some... You wouldn't little... tell anyone your last name? No, absolutely. You're just Bobby? No, absolutely not. I did not want to be highlighted. I just want to be a normal camper, and it, were, it was great that way. There were a couple a couple times where it kind of got brought up, you know. First of all, I would I would have a little inroad for my little cousin, and he would want to get me want him, uh, me to get him candy from the director's cabin, <laughs> and I would sneak him some of that. He was definitely not a low profile family member of the director. Um, one time, a counselor and I kind of had like a clash, and he was like, "You think you can do that because you're the director's kid?" I was like, "No, <laughs> no!" And I sprinted down and, and went and like punched the heavy bag down at the gym. I was like, "No!" Oh, I thought you were gonna me. say that you like sprinted and found your dad and was like, "Yo, don't listen to this counselor." <laughs> no, that's see, that's the antithesis of the approach that I took, and then. Um, it um it worked out because it, I was really able to be a normal camper and just develop like my little bunk family and, and had a and had a really um classic kind of genuine experience that way I didn't want to be known. Did you yeah, ever? My, oh, sorry. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. So I have uh, a brother that's a year older than me, Bennett, and he obviously also grew up in Winnebago and went there. And um, I think he was very much like Bobby, where he tried to keep as low of a profile as possible. It yeah. didn't help that I was always there, like blowing up the scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's the only boy at camp with a sister, <laughs> right? Exactly. It didn't always work. But one thing, my and I'm wondering if your parents were kind of the same way and really making sure you had this camper experience. Um, my parents would take off their staff clothing. Um, so my stepmother, my parents, my parents remarried, and my stepmother came and also worked at camp for, you know, three decades almost. Um, but on visiting day, my parents would 
uh, take off their staff clothes, put on like street clothes, whatever, <laughs> and would come to visiting day and just pretend like they were normal parents with my brother. And it was kind of this cute thing. And my dad also sent my brother like mail, like in the mail. So, so I nice. think they were really good about making sure it was their own experience, especially because my dad had gone there and he knew how important it was. Um, and my brother also tried to keep like his last name hidden so no one knew. And um <laughs> You know, I was not like that at all. But it was also totally different, you know, being yeah. the girl. Yeah. Yeah, you were like the queen of Winnebago. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I guess, I mean, this is more a larger thing. But what, do, yeah, what does camp mean to you? It seems like both of you are, like, just so freaking excited to talk about it. Is it hard in your real life to kind of, if, if that it's not a part of it? Or is it a part of it? I would say that it is still a huge part of my life. I think um, growing up there and then going to Pinecliff, the majority of my friends, like I'm, like most of our friends, are camp friends, and so I have this great community around me all the time. And also, you know, being a Jew living in New York, you're never far away from other camp people. So I <laughs> so think true. it's yeah, you gotta make a T-shirt. Really, that says that. It really is amazing. I was at an event last week and talked to this girl for 20 minutes and then it came up she mentioned Maine and I was like oh why Maine and she was like oh I spent my summers on a lake and I was like what lake and she was like you won't know at Echo Lake and I was like oh you went to camp on Echo Lake um but yeah it is still so much a part of my everyday life and I go up to visit and it's this great community and with Winnebago you know we have alum we have a really incredible alumni network and we have alumni reunions every year for like older staff like you know at the Harmony Club well we had ours at the Harmony Club over Thanksgiving um, with campers but we have an alumni reunion every year that is great so um, it's part of my social network if not part of my like professional camp life yeah are but your parents I, yeah. still involved in the camp um so no my dad finally retired <laughs> after being at camp from the age of eight until I don't know 55 or something when he retired so really long and it just got to the point where my parents kind of wanted to have um their summers free it really is you know they're teachers and so they work 10 months and then they're in Maine two months and I think it was just time for them but my dad is the president of our alumni association so we're still like crazy involved with everything Mm -hmm. and so it's still a part of stuff yeah cool I was actually just at Winnebago um, last. Um, Say what? I was at <laughs> I was at Winnebago before this past summer for a Maine camps <gasps> meeting. That sounds really amazing. It was in the it was in the old school um, theater there, and like a lot of old, really old plaques. And then other camp directors that were in there were like, "Oh my god, I don't even remember like 1974, like." horseshoe champions at Winnebago. It was another camp. Winnebago is very serious about history. We actually have a live uh, museum on campus, um, which, and also the lodge, which you're describing, like is filled with old, old stuff. So we're very into history there. Yeah, it was a really historic, it was almost like a little camp museum. It was cool. It was pretty. So I went to Winnebago recently. Um, If I if I'm answering the question about how is camp a part of my life still, um, definitely a daily part of my life. Like I said earlier, my my grandparents bought the place in '68. Albert and Evelyn Lerman, love you guys. <laughs> um, they're still coming up to the camp in the peninsula in the summer. They're 93 and 92. Oh, my wow. that's amazing. My grandpa. What made them want to buy the camp? They went to camp. My grandma went to. Tapawingo. Mm. Okay. Tap Tapawingo represents. So did my sister Lori. And um, my my grandpa, who we call Zadie, um, went to Mashagon, which is was definitely like a pretty badass camp. Can we say that? Yes. <laughs> pretty badass camp. Um, but I don't think it's still around. They loved camp, but they were they were also um they were academics, they were teachers, and they uh, they wanted to buy a camp and kind of continue that and try to give that experience to other kids. So um, they started shopping camps in the late 60s, pulled into Camp Caribou in 1968. It opened up uh, this mile-long dirt road onto a big 200-acre peninsula. Um, and they were like, this is the one. And from there... When was the camp founded? It's been a summer camp since 1922. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Back then it was Camp Winslow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they bought it, 
there was a big ch- big changes. They changed the name and all that. Or you know what? I still don't know who <laughs> named it Camp Caribou. I how do I not know that? Zadie, I don't hit know. us up. Uh, Zadie, call in five oh eight. No, um, but uh, yeah, no, it was Camp Winslow, and then they bought it as Camp Caribou, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, before um, before it was a summer camp, it was a sheep farm, and then before that, Native Americans were there. Wow. Yeah. Um, holding it down, <laughs> but um, yeah, so. But basically, it was um, 1968, my, my grandparents, 1984, passed the torch to my parents, Bill and Martha, and then now myself and sister, Lori, and brother-in-law, Alex, are um, trying to continue it and, and make it as great as it's ever been, hopefully, and, and it's uh, my full-time job, and basically, I'm trying to get all the new um, campers interested in families to come to camp. Oh, Caribou you're the recruiter. I am. So what's your yeah. pitch? Um, do you want to go down a zip line into the water <laughs> yes. on one of the coves of our lake and eat donuts on Sunday mornings? <laughs> Camp Caribou sign here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <clears throat> do I need to be an 8 to 15 year old boy? <laughs> there might be ways around that. Could, you guys take 26 year old girls? <laughs> we, we could pull a Mulan, potentially. Yes. Down. So, so down. Uh... That's awesome. Do you guys uh, want to share some favorite stories or favorite memories? Uh, sure. So tell us about being the princess yeah. of Winnebago. Okay. So <laughs> the the funny thing about being the only girl in this atmosphere was that I really didn't think about it until you know I was a little older because it was just what was known to me and you know, I was just friends with these guys and it was great. And I can't think of one specific story, but you know, something that I loved was that a bunk would usually absorb me for the summer. Mm -hmm. And so I would have meals with them and I would go to do sports with them and would do like the day hikes and stuff. And it was kind of really special to meet these guys who I am still friends with, you know, two decades later, um, at camp. And they kind of just accepted me for, you know, this weird, girl who was hanging around them all the time. And I guess a story from later when I was at Pinecliff, um, when social started, which had to be the most, I mean, socials, you guys have talked about a lot on the show, very controversial. Do you love them? Do you hate them? What's the deal? It was definitely, um, interesting for me going to socials with Winnebago because, well, for two reasons, these were boys that I had known since eight years old, most of them. And now we're going through puberty, and and it's all very you know, strange like in general. To make out with them, right? Like your friends are making out with them. It was like weird. So, yeah. so one thing that always happened was um, we would. So we have echoes, which is uh, like the end of the year, um, like yearbook kind of thing. I don't know what you call them at Walden or Caribou. Pinecliff or we Winnebago? Uh, Winnebago. Okay. At Pinecliff, we had the Pine Script. Okay. At Winnebago, we had the Echo. It's called Splash at Walden, just Ooh, FYI. My high school was also <laughs> called the Echo. <laughs> Echo's a very popular name. So um, I would bring the Echo from last summer to Pinecliff. Oh, and they like girls, circle, circle who they wanted. And the girls Dibs. in my bunk would like, <laughs> this is not a joke, would literally go through and be like, oh, who's he? What's his deal? And it got to the point where girls in other age groups would find out about it and would come to my yeah. bunk to like peruse the Winnebago the catalog, catalog of men before wow. social. So wow. that was always happening. It was like the pre-Tinder Tinder. It really was. <laughs> and I kind of felt like a little Yenta, you know, matching up people. You would be great together. You know, me at 12. You know, it was great. You guys would have great um, dancing chemistry. Yeah, but I remember, and I don't really think that anyone knows this deep-seated secret, was that before our very first social Winnebago, I got so nervous and so worked up that I like made myself sick and ended up in the infirmary. You didn't go for for like half of it, and so all the boys were like, "Where's Gracie?" All this stuff, and so I finally showed up, and I was like, "Oh, I just like you know, I wasn't." And I had a headache or something, but I was like actually so unbelievably terrified to see these guys that I got so sick. Um, Why do you think you were so terrified? I was just so. Like, did you have crushes so much on them? Or oh, just obviously, I had you a did. crush on every single one of these guys. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. It was this weird like I have crushes on you now that we're older, but I know you too well, and it was just a lot of pressure, and I hadn't seen 
you know, when I was there all summer, it was very normal and I was their friend. But once they started at Pinecliff, I would go to Winnebago for little blippets and it was like this palpable thing, like Gracie's on campus, like all this gossip, all this whatever. Just who this am like I talking genuine to? Genuine sexual, like it just like it was all dispersive sexual energy. There's like one person who we were in love with. <laughs> Um, okay, there was like one person, and I will not share his name Fair. on this on this podcast. Just a general because thing. I'm still friends with this person today. Um, but what, married to this person? No, I'm still friends oh, with him. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, but so I remember that happening, and socials in general were kind of this crazy thing. And also, the other reason I was so nervous was. A few summers later, I heard that my dad would give the guys a lecture. Oh, I'm sure before. about like specifically you. Oh or? yes. Well, oh. it was it, it was <laughs> posed as a general me. lecture of yeah, respecting, like, respecting women. women all but these it was things. like intended. But for- it was pretty much like. Um, if you talk to Gracie, you're talking to her as her as her friend, and this is how you should act around her, and all of these things. And doing it out of like love and kindness, but it definitely was, you know, overprotective father from miles away. Would he give this talk to like all the boys at camp every year? I think he would just give it to my age group, like right before a social. So they knew I was I still like semi-off limits. So socials were always very fascinating and memorable experience. So weird. Socials are okay, so, so weird. Okay, so your dad was cock blocking Yeah, quite a bit. Not so much when I was older and a counselor, but definitely when I was, you know, a teenager. We talked about this before, about how, like, co-ed camps, they don't really have socials. It's like you can build a relationship over a summer, but, like, a social at a single <laughs> sex camp is basically the teenage equivalent of a one-night stand. Yes. It's completely. like, absolutely. It's like, it, like, you, has to happen yeah, within the first like, 45 you minutes, but it's not someone, happening. You gotta lock it down, yeah. and then you don't see them again until next summer. You write letters. You write letters. That was always the best. And I always loved the dinner socials. Did you guys do those? We did. The only time I ever experienced that was when Walden drove to Winnebago because it was far. And we got there in time to have the sit down dinner. We had fried chicken. Mm. None of the girls in my bunk ate except me. (laughs) (laughs) And And then we danced. Yeah, we. They had, were cute. They were really cute. Hey, Winnebago. Sorry, Caribou. But Winnebago <laughs> definitely had, had like socials. top shelf cute boys. picks for sure. I think um, they have. We're on the top shelf too. All right, we can share it. We can share it. Um, you guys eat uh, donuts every Sunday morning. We have them you on know. Saturdays. We work it off. <laughs> um, what about uh, your well, favorite? Sto- oh yeah. Bobby. Yes, Bobby. When you were at camp, did you like interact with your parents at all? Like when you were a camper. That's an interesting question. Passing glances. Um, <laughs> um, you know, like like Grace was saying, my parents, that's that's definitely, I admire what they did with that, with the mail thing. My parents did that too. And and they would, um, you know, we you get the mail delivery for your cabin. And, and my mom had like fake posted a letter oh. to me. And I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> awesome. They get mail. Yes, I feel loved. But um, it's funny, um, visiting day was was one of the days where I did not see at, uh, uh, at any at all my parents because they had to, to mm. you know, schmooze it up and entertain all the other parents. Yeah. So I had a good friend um, who I would go out to lunch with. We would go to the Lobster Trap in Waterville and eat by the river. to lunch on visiting day? You know what's weird? It was like a tradition where people would, would do that. Returning families, like veteran families, would, okay. would kind of be like, we're going out to lunch. You know? And it wasn't a big they deal. They literally to told us at Walden that if you leave camp with your parents, don't come back. Yeah. yeah. That's Same. what they told yeah, us. You know, <laughs> isn't that funny how every camp has their own politics like that? The, the first year people, especially nowadays, we put in a really good lunch. So it's like, mm. you should stay for lunch. You're low-key disrespectful. Or just unadvisable. Um, But uh, seeing my parents, yeah, I would see them in passing every day, but honestly, I wouldn't go up to them or like not, I would not be hugging them or kind of like, like I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to highlight myself. I didn't want to give it away, but um, I would get the mail and then once in a while when no one was around or no one was looking, I'd like go say hi. or, (laughs) Or my cousin, Jeremiah, would be forcing me to... Or my my best friend Alex in my cabin would be forcing me to use my uh, inroad to the candy, huge candy stash <laughs> for campfires. So they would have it be having me do that. Yeah. Did you have a lot of like insider knowledge about like the staff and like what the goings on there? When you were a counselor, even maybe when you were a counselor, I did. So I, di- I definitely did, and and I, I definitely had some influence on who were my counselors. But I got lucky because I had, Ooh. 
that you you realize going to camp that's big right? that's huge oh. huge that's big yeah but so like i was you would lucky. choose with if there were a couple bunks for your age group you'd be like yeah. i want to be in that one because greg's the coolest mm-hmm. or i might be like you know what because i was there for orientation and before yeah. you know because yeah. we got up there late may or early june and the staff would come up for orientation. I'd be like, "That that first year guy seems cool. Maybe oh, right. put they him in our see, bunk. Yeah, Maybe so. put him in my cabin." But we had, <laughs> I had returning staff for four, five, six years that were like our dads, cool. yeah, and bunk mates for six, seven years. So I got lucky. Like these guys are still like family to me today, older bros or uncles or however you want to look at it. But returning counselors year after year that were in my cabin, which was really cool. Yeah, but insider knowledge about the staff, you know. I probably um, I wouldn't I wouldn't report directly to my parents, but I I would make if suddenly I could let them know if somebody was not good, not legit, you know, and they'd I I could tip them off. Um, my younger brother was definitely somebody who would who would face up with a staff member and be like, "I will fire you." No, <laughs> like, no but so, Jake, I love you. Um, not blowing up your spot, but uh, I was way less confrontational like that. I was so low key, like I was really kind of. Um, I felt like I had a lot of insider knowledge, uh, more on like the gossipy fun side, not from my dad so much because he knew obviously everything. Like if you think that the director of a camp doesn't know every single thing going on, like, <laughs> you know, campers now, future counselors, you can't do anything on camp without your directors knowing. It doesn't matter how like under the radar you think you are. They know everything. Um, but I often, I didn't get it from my dad who was very mom, but my stepmother and I, um, she would always tell me everything, which was great because she was, you know, the cool lady on camp and knew everyone and kind of knew who was hooking up with who and what was going on. And I always had that insider knowledge, you know, that risque (laughs) insider knowledge, which was great. And, you know, I also always knew the real reasons why, why people were were left, why (laughs) campers had to leave or counselors had to leave. And so that was always nice. And I was a little jealous when I got to Pinecliffe and I all of a sudden didn't have that yeah, insider knowledge. Didn't have the inside track. Um, it was kind of weird. And but I still, you know, I also still got the gossip from Winnebago because even when I wasn't there, I wanted to feel connected to it. So that was always nice. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, I know you do. So we had a <laughs> we had a tennis pro at Walden. His name was Buddy, mm-hmm. and he had two sons that would come and spend the summer at mm. Walden. One of them was a teenager, but when he started, so like he, I don't, he was like a pseudo counselor. But the other <laughs> one was our age, my age group's age, James. Hey, James, and <laughs> we loved him. But we were obsessed with him, like in yeah. a weird way. And I think that that kind of made him like kind of push back at us. Like he yeah. was like not into engaging with us the way that we wanted to engage with him. Interesting. And I like wonder, it's like so interesting because like, I, I think I'm friends with him on Facebook, but like we have not maintained any, or I don't think any kind of friendship with any of us since he left camp. But like you are still such yeah. good friends with your my bros, camp bros. Your camp bros. I mean, I think a lot of that was because I didn't, like you said, start when I was a teenager. I didn't like show up all of a sudden. It really was, you know, Winnebago was so part of my blood and I like learned to swim there and I like roamed around campus in diapers. And <laughs> I think, you know, and I would love to have a Winnebago boy I grew up with like their perspective on this, but I think a bit of them like both respected but like feared me a little bit and so it was that it was that like tug and pull of you know they respected that I had this deep connection to Winnebago but were also a little scared of me and and who my dad was um even though they loved him like everyone loves Jim it's amazing um but it no and I think because I grew up with him was a little different there was like this time period you know, from maybe like 13 to 18 where hormones and whatever, that there was a little bit of pushing away. And I think that was just kind of natural. I was spending less time at Winnebago and we were just all kind of changing and going through other things. But then when I came back as a counselor um, or like we didn't have CITs or junior counselors, but I would come back. So women have to be 21 to work at Winnebago. Um, but I came back for that to do a few like short weeks and sessions. Um, and it was kind of just falling back into being eight years old with these guys and being their friend. And it was really great. Um, also really great being a female staff member at a boys camp. Yeah, let's Ladies, talk about that. if you're listening, you cannot spend a better summer. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's the same to be a male counselor at, at 
all girls camp. Oh it's yeah, like we had they, cr- we had crushes on all like yeah, the so they eight were, male staff. They're like they're just oh, worshipped. Oh yeah. yeah, worshipped. Yeah. yeah. Um. That, yeah. ra- that ratio would be overwhelming to me. I couldn't handle it. I could not be a boys a, a do you, male counselor at a female camp. Do I, you have female counselors at Caribou? There's probably a dozen ladies at Camp Caribou, including okay. my mom, grandma, three nurses, <laughs> two ladies in the office, maybe a couple at swimming. And there's some kind of like counselor-aged ladies who are definitely um, coveted by guys. They have their pick of guys, you know, and... Um, we do go, the counselors get to go out and interact with the local girls camps and hang in the town, but the ladies, um, the ratio is, is crazy for them at the camp. And I feel like, um, it would be difficult to stay focused as a guy at a, <laughs> at a like girls a lot, There's camp. a lot of jokes about that. Like we have this joke that like August 1st is the day, like, you know, maybe not all the male counselors are like so attractive, but Most like, but like August 1st rolls around and all of the women are suddenly like, Oh, he's looking pretty good. Like it's, they call it the Walden goggles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Every but it, they like really had the best job. They like got all the good trips. They were worshipped. They lived in like a frat house essentially. Yeah. Like it was the best. Yeah, the women at Winnebago. There were eight female staff members to sixty male staff members every summer. So again, great ratio. And we got to live not in a frat house, but it was called a farmhouse. It was a sorority house. It was a sorority house, <laughs> and so we got to live all together. But we also had a bunk. Um, which was really great. And so we would have like a spare bed in there. So we would spend rest hour with them. We did all of our meals with them. Um, And it was with the youngest boys. So the youngest boys in Winnebago would be um, eight, nine, and sometimes 10 because they're the ones that kind of still need their mom and this female figure. So we would kind of get the best of both worlds. We did activity counselor stuff. um, And then we had our own little lady space, but then we got to be a real part of the bunks. Um, so it was great, but yeah, definitely the, one of the best things was the ratio, but I will say that even when I was a counselor, um, I was still the director's daughter and that never got easier as far as romantic relationships (laughs) as an adult. It was still, you know, you don't want to mess with the director's daughter, you know, less things go bad at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that that, that was a really similar dynamic at Camp Caribou. Um, so my sister went to Tapawingo. Um, which I mentioned, and um, then she came back after, I think, 15 or 16 when she could no longer be a camper and was a counselor at Caribou, and that's like junior counselor level still and young, and she had some relationships with some of the guy staff, and those guys were brave. (laughs) Those guys were brave because my dad is not one to F with. (laughs) And um, respect to those guys. Yeah, one of them's name was Fabio. Whoa. Oh, uh, name straight up, but that's oh. not his government name. Oh, that's not his government name. He was Australian, um, okay. and they had a little fiery thing going. He was brave, um, but uh, <laughs> but another funny female male dynamic was before I was a camper at like five, six, seven. Older campers would be like, "Hey, can you hook me up with your babysitter?" <laughs> Hook me up with your babysitter. Like, Emily is so hot. And I'd be like, I don't know what hot is. I'm five. What? What are you doing right now? I also had a babysitter at camp, and I I totally forgot about it until you said that. So there would always be, like, a local girl who was – you know, my babysitter when I was really little because your parents are working. I mean, you guys have been on staff. It's like a 24-hour job. So my parents are working. I had like a local girl who was my babysitter. And there were a few times when, not to my brother, but to me, it'd be like, oh, who's that girl? And I was like, you are 14. <laughs> you don't understand, but this woman is like 25. <laughs> so be okay. But there definitely were times, you know, on the same vein that... <laughs> Um, you know, as a female staff member, it's really funny, you know, you get a lot of attention for the male staff members, but they're a little more coy about it. Cause they're like, at least they try to be a little smoother. The, the campers have like no idea what they're doing and they always want to like sit in your lap and kind of grab at you yeah. and yeah. say like crazy inappropriate things to you just because their hormones are yeah, raging like and they don't and, and they don't understand and they don't really understand so you know you could always tell you know the campers who had crushes on you and you had to be kind of careful about you that and you had sure. to be aware of it and getting too close and um but of course, you know, it's lovely to be admired, but you do have to be kind of careful about it. Um, 
you don't want people to get the wrong ideas about anything. And one reason why female staff members at, and I don't know if this is the same at Caribou, have to be 21 or older, just to kind of make sure that 15, yeah. eight, like 18 is a little, when my mom was a counselor, she was 18 and that's a little close to 15 year olds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a real. That's that was a thing. the thing we were We've talking about. The, the one boy at camp, James. It yeah. was I was there in those years where it was like he was a couple of years younger mm-hmm. than the oldest girls, and then all of a sudden those girls like yeah. finished, and then all of a sudden he became a little bit older than everyone. But we had known him as this, and it was like it all just gets blurry in the in those years. Yeah, exactly. And you know, one thing I was also really conscious of as a little bit of an older camper when I would visit Winnebago and as a counselor was that you know camp, especially. I don't know about co-ed camps at all, but, you know, single sex camps, they're supposed to be this kind of, you know, hormone free space where you're just like yourself and you don't have to worry about like you do at school with looking good or acting cool or impressing boys or girls. And so I didn't want that to be a part of my existence there. I didn't want boys to feel like they had to impress me or flirt with me. And I didn't want to feel like I had to do that with them. So it really was always like, it felt like siblings. It always felt fun. And that was a real conscious effort because, you know, you worry 10 months out of the year about your looks and who likes who and stuff. And it's, you know, camp is an escape from many things and also that. So even as a counselor, it was not a focus of mine just because, you know, camp was not that world for that for me. Yeah. All right. I have another question. We're going to bring it a little personal. Okay. So like, life partners do you think that they would like once you choose one that they'd have to go to camp yes no <laughs> yeah. like uh, unequivocally and i tried well, yes to what that they would have yes, they they, had to have they would have had to, to gone to camp and to like are open camp. to like going to work at camp so with you in the so um they would have had grace answered that sorry yes. so quickly and i think so because is there a specific dating app for that <laughs> wait no bye wait we let's start it start yeah. one. Camp, camp connection yeah. yes Maybe i, I love it um <laughs> So, yeah, so I, and I only said that because I have dated camper people and non-camper people, and there is, like, always a difference, mostly because I'm so obsessed, and when I bring it up, if their eyes, like, glaze over, I'm like, this won't work. Um, (laughs) No, no, this is the most important stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and also, like, you know, it's just a different kind of person that went to, like, a really intense, like, eight-week sleep, or seven weeks in one day, (sighs) sleep-away camp, Usually in Maine is my preference. And, um, you know, I, I've i actually... you got to get your Echo out and get your hands on a couple I of know. the equivalent well, Ooh, Echo is the name of the app? Oh, no, no, no. The, that no, could sorry, be... Meaning, like, get the yearbook. The yearbook out. No, I know, but yeah. I'm but that saying, could be. Yeah. It's a good idea. I mean, yeah. I do yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. That app has potential. That's in beta. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little J-swipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I just, it's so important to me. And also I want to send if I have my kids to camp. And so I need someone to already be to like be on board. Like, you don't that. want that to be a fight. Like it's really important. <laughs> and um, I especially like when I've dated people in the past who went to like Laurel because there's there are so many Laurel people. That camp was huge. That's a co-ed camp. Yeah, it's a co-ed camp. Um, but they had so many campers. I feel like I've dated multiple people that went to <laughs> Laurel. And I love that we like swam in the same lake. Yeah. But like far, I don't know. It's just this great connection when you meet someone that also went to camp because oh, they just sweet. like get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's important to me. I don't know, Bobby, it's probably more important to you is like the future... <laughs> You need your like queen of sharing the throne of caribou. <laughs> they like really need to buy into it. I don't think I've dated enough camp people. That's why I'm single right now, um, ladies. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just a little. Uh, that's just a little shout out to um, any anyone interested. No, but email um, us at happycamperspodcast.com. <laughs> we will screen send you, them. Send your stats. <laughs> the camp, the camp app. I feel like on J Swipe, the percentage of camp people is probably already so high. But let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about that camp app after because it has potential um <laughs> but um yeah someone who either went to camp or is open to it and understands the value would have to be somebody who i would end up with because it'd be cool if the person was like an ap- academic and maybe had their summers free and totally. could come up and was into it or they could just come up and visit maine um on weekend during the summer but um somebody who understands the value because honestly as a, somebody who's a camp professional still i encounter a lot of families whose kid is going to pioneer the the experience and they're open to it though and they're still cool even though they didn't go to camp um pretty cool 
But um, I think that if it, you just have to kind of be open to it and understand and be able to recognize the value. But um, camp people, like you said, Grace, get it. Getting it is like such an important term with with camp. You just you get it or you don't. That's like an eternal conversation that I had with my dad. Because my mom went to, not Walden, but she went to camp for a long time. My dad. Starting at age four. Four. Yes, four. (laughs) Not real. No, it was really five. But yeah. (laughs) Old school age to go to camp. She has been telling me for years that she's like, I have the letters to prove it. And I'm like, you can't write when you're four. Like, that's not true. Um, anyway, she, uh, but my dad didn't go to camp and like literally ever since I started going, he'd be like, what is it about camp? Like what? Uh, and I, you know, it's like the eternal, I'm just like, it? dad, you don't get it. You don't understand. And he's like, but try to explain it to me. And I'm like, I just, I can't. Yeah. It's, that's definitely a fortunate part about having, and my stepmother went to day camps, but she, you know, immediately bought into the Winnebago and she, my parents being teachers, you know, she was you know, bought into it and came up every single summer and like just threw herself into it and loved it. And she is as much as a Winnebagan as, as anyone. Um, and we actually have this on a side note, we have this great like society of Winnebago women, which, Oh really? Yeah. Is like an unofficial society of both the daughters of, um, past directors and the owners and also, um, like the wives of people. And it's kind of this great little, and also, female staff members who come like year after year. It's this really incredible like niche sort of environment. But I will say that, you know, to your point about your dad not getting it, I think, and I'll speak for Bobby as well, I think, you know, something that's really great is that your family immediately gets it and you spend the other 10 months of the year talking about camp, thinking about camp, you know, seeing your friends from camp. And it's just so part of your day-to-day life. And when you get to camp, it's like you've been there all year. And it's really, it's really great to not have to kind of explain that to your family members. They immediately are ones they get it. They know, they were there. And so someone that I date, like, also needs to get it and get with my family. And it's just (laughs) a big part of it. And um, yeah, it's kind of, it's so ingrained in everything. Question for both of you. Uh, can you describe how you were talking about like the feeling of camp and mm-hmm. talking about camp in your homes growing up, but how about the actual look? Like, did you have plaques? Did you have a nice fireplace? Oh my God. Yeah. So Bobby, you were <laughs> Blank- camp you were, blankets. Yes. Yeah, so Bobby, you were describing one of the, um, buildings on Winnebago and that is like pretty much what our home looked like. I mean, camp <laughs> And where stuff. did you grow up? So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, okay. actually. I was like, born there. Oh, really? Yeah. So was I. Huh. And then I grew up there. <laughs> um, so kind of random. So another thing I loved about going to camp was going to Maine every summer was like the best thing, getting away from humid Virginia, but also... I mean, Maine is the best state. Sorry, everyone. But it's just incredible, especially during those few months during the summer. It's great. Um, so yeah, our house was decorated in everything Winnebago, um, everything Maine. We had a fireplace. We had the Adirondack chairs. Oh. We had a Winnebago like flag flying outside our home in Maine. That's real. Um, we all also like the majority of our clothing is like Winnebago gear. Uh, let's note that she's wearing a Winnebago t-shirt right now. <laughs> I think this shirt, it, it has someone's name in it who I don't know, Rosenberg or something, but I'm pretty sure this shirt is from before I was alive. Um, Camp name. Oh, very camp name, Rosenberg. So <laughs> yeah, our um, house and like we had all of the Echo the Yearbooks everywhere and there were framed photos everywhere from camp. It was just like you know, everything. And then our, our cabin, our home up at Winnebago as well was obviously totally decorated with everything Winnebago and Winnebago colors, which were brown and green. Mm-hmm. Agreed that Maine is the best camping state. I have to say that. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm a little biased, but I'm an advocate for Maine camping. In our house back in Mass, west of Boston, where I grew up, there wasn't an overwhelmingly large amount of camp stuff. Like, we had maybe an aerial shot of the peninsula, um, which is which is kind of cool. Um, we had um, my dad had a pretty cool caribou paperweight, really <laughs> exciting, right? Um, but Whoa. no, they they always had their ca- huge. Really brings the room together. No, but um, my parents always had their office in the basement, so that was kind of like where the business hub. I was so lucky that way because my parents worked from home. I got to see them a lot more than probably most kids would on a daily basis, um, which was great. The house, the director's cabin up in Maine at the camp, 
much um, much more decorated. My mom represents on the wall in our director's cabin in Maine. She went to Chippewa Ranch Camp in Wisconsin, so she was just a baller horseback rider, and um, she was like, you know, like horse caretaker, best barn caretaker, horse rider of the year. Her horse. <laughs> Wait, her so your mom married was, into the Caribou family? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And she, she did. was like all in, and in. she was all in. Yeah. So again, like she she was a camper. My dad wasn't a. Well, actually, no. He went to West End House in Maine, but not for too long. He kind of a transition into the camp life at sixteen when my grandparents bought it, and then he was a oh, so counselor. He didn't grow. Okay. He was a counselor, kind of like um, he was a pretty badass wilderness trips leader. Um, you know, definitely a. Um, um, he called himself Wild Bill. He may have been may have been self appointed. Um, but um, no, my mom was a big time camp person she always wanted to be in camping they met at the american camping association in oh, waltham mass okay nice. that is story you both book. owe story your book. existences to camp we like do. think like, about it's that in my blood. it's like it's literally your blood. <laughs> blood like um this is probably like but this for winnebago probably you would TMI. not exist no very true and i don't know if this is too tmi we can cut it out if, if need be so are you going to say that you were conceived at camp? No, not me, but my brother definitely was because of when he was born. You count back nine months. And it's so funny because at Winnebago, we have this thing called the WAG, the Winnebago Afternoon Gazette. It's like our newspaper. It's Whoa, amazing. So but my brother's like birth announcement was like in the WAG. And all, and all of these things, like our family history is also like, in the wagon, in the echoes. It's kind of funny. There are photos That's of amazing, my brother Your and me with like our documented. parents. It really was like mm. by the camp photographer and in like this museum is like a museum of our family. My dad's like jacket is in it and all these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love Winnebago because it's an amazing place, but also like you said, I pretty much owe my existence to it. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's like deep, deep in my blood. So deep. I love that so much. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Do you guys have anything else to add? I just want to say thank you to my grandparents for yeah. buying the place in 68, starting the continuing the tree of life that led to my existence. Um, and um, definitely owe my life to camp. Yeah, the funny thing about birth dates of camp kids is that they u- usually camp kids <laughs> are born in the winter. <laughs> Because no one wants to give birth during the summer. You can't do worst. that if you're running a camp. That's impossible. So. Yeah. And then one other thing I wanted to add is that, um, like Grace said, single-sex camp is amazing due to lack of social pressures and, yeah. and a comfortable environment environment to go out on a limb. But until socials come around, like you said, and then it's like, oh, my God. And also the amount of axe spray that's suffocating <laughs> in a boy's camp cabin. Oh you God. cannot, you literally, you actually might asphyxiate if you walk into a cabin of, thir- of 13-year-olds getting ready for a social. Also, just a disclaimer, I had no game at socials. Probably I had no, no one had game. I mean, <laughs> there was if, a couple if, dudes who had game. No, 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 no. They probably thought they did, but I can promise you no one had game. They didn't have game. The game you could have is the confidence to just walk over right, and but ask. Also, okay, girls, I didn't have that. But also girls like didn't know the difference. We also yeah, had that's no true. idea. Yeah. Just like throw it into a room together. Yeah. And uh, you know, sometimes magic happens. And it <laughs> like was you, great. Julia, what you said is the key. And this is something that's still not yeah, because, that easy. Like, to set the scene is like the boys on one side, the girls on the other side, and then game is just being like, Okay, well, I'm gonna did, walk yeah, over well, there. Dance. And it's a, a yeah. brave boy walking over. The girls wouldn't like aren't allowed yeah. to do it. They walk <laughs> over to the girls. Hashtag <laughs> feminism. I was like, I was kidding. They're like, no, Julia, don't. That's not okay. Pure courage. <laughs> Pure courage, which I did not have. I had one friend though who was like, he was from Newton. And oh, those, um, cool. yeah, those, were those, were those were always the ones. Yeah, there's a new South boy that I was going uh, after. Oh. That was like one of the, a huge <laughs> camp town. And this kid was so cool at the time. And he's like, you can't see this on radio, but he was, te- he's like, do this one dance move. You put your right arm up and you put your left hand across your stomach and then you just kind of like pump your top hand. Like, <laughs> That's so weird. And he was like, this is sick. And I was like, literally, he had the whole crew doing that. And we probably looked so stupid, but he managed to get a couple of groups of girls and we kind of spoke to them and yeah, so it was, it was good. It was good. <laughs> 
What a weird move. <laughs> this, this was a weird wow. move. This was a move. It wasn't like a stomach rub, but it was like a, like a half disco, almost like. We're going to do that like in a boomerang for early the early uh, Jersey Shore type, photo. but like yeah. Jewish kids at camp. I love it. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess on a final note, I'll also give a huge shout out to my dad, Jim Astrove. Um, who is, you know, what, one thing that I didn't mention, which was funny about being a kid at camp, and I wonder, Bob, if you felt the same way, was you kind of have this, like, deep-seated jealousy of all the other kids at camp who, and Bobby's nodding his head, who get to also, like, have your parents as these, like, parental figures. And, you know, I grew up with, you know, this surrounded by these guys who also like loved my dad who is incredible and just Im- totally embodies Winnebago um and I was so often jealous of like but he's my dad he's you know yeah. he's my dad what are you doing um and I've kind of just in adulthood accepted the fact that everybody loves my dad and that's just what's going to happen um but you know it was incredible to get to grow up at Winnebago with him and with my brother and with my stepmom. And, you know, I'm just eternally grateful that they kind of gave that gift to me. And also, I will also say that as much as I kicked and screamed about going to my own camp, I am so happy that my parents sent me to my own camp so I could have my own experience. And Pine Cliff was amazing. And on touch you know, by greatness touch by greatness and on one final like deep crazy connection note with my Winnebago life was that the very first person I met getting on the plane to Pine Cliff because we used to take this plane um from like Westchester which I know they don't do anymore because it must have been obscenely expensive but we took this plane from Westchester and the very first person that I met who is my best friend to this day shout out to Anna Cress um her dad went to Winnebago, her brother went to Winnebago, and we immediately had this crazy Winnebago connection, and her birthday is during the summer, and she swears that she, I would have eaten her birthday cake, like, on visiting day when she used to visit her brother at camp. So it's just, like, these things... Oh, when things, you were a little kid. When I was a little kid and at camp and for visiting day, um, her birthday always fell around visiting day, so they would bring a cake, like, to camp for her brother and family to celebrate. And I must have eaten this cake, and now this, <laughs> this girl... And now it's your best friend. ...is my best friend. And it's just, you know, these connections are amazing, and... Having a camping family gave all of this to me, and I just couldn't be more grateful. Well, so nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's wrap it up on that so lovely sweet. note. Thank you guys so <laughs> much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your stories. Um, Thanks for bringing us in here. That was I've been smiling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, you know, as soon as I got the got the call um, to come in, I couldn't wait because I have been listening to the podcast so much, and it's been giving me like joy throughout the year and listening we had our 100th reunion for Pinecliff and retelling everyone retelling their stories has been amazing and it's just so nice and uh yeah I love it I love talking about any excuse to talk about camp is great yeah I'm strongly considering giving the Instagram follow now (laughs) (laughs) yeah do it you won't you won't like it as much as Grace does but I mean literal likes I mean she 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 throws us a lot of likes (laughs) um all right so you guys should te- check out their camps, Camp Caribou and Winnebago and Pinecliff and Walden. Let's throw them in there, too. Sure. Um, all great camps, all in Maine. All single yes. sex. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram, like our two friends here. <laughs> uh, you can find us on our website, happycamperspodcast.com. And uh, email us at happycamperspodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, maybe you'll come on the podcast and share your story. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, day is done. Gone the sun. We, we out. out. Bum 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 b